The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. What is up? We're the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. How about me? Check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com. It's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. Website links to emails, social media is all there at FinancialCoachingRadio.com. First up on the show, let's talk about auto insurance rates everything has been impacted by price gouging i mean inflation (laughs) Uh, that's what they're calling it right they're calling it inflation and of course you know i am no fiscal policy expert i'm not an economist but i did retain this one small piece of information if you put a bunch of money in the system uh, that's not normally supposed to be there and how do we put money in the system all the COVID money, whether it be uh, the small uh, stipends or stimulus they sent out or all the PPP stuff that was forgiven. And then you got a lot of other loans that were having to do with COVID that are out there. Uh, that is typically money that would not, not typically it is, money would not have been in the system. And then people use those dollars to create demand that normally would have not have been there. More demand, not enough supply, or supply slows down because of something like a pandemic, COVID, that kind of thing, whatever it is, more demand than supply, going to see prices rise. Uh, Like I said, I did retain that little bit from economics. So we have inflation, price gouging, whatever you want to call it, that's impacted everything. It's also impacting auto insurance rates. Between 2022 and 2023, car insurance rates increased by almost 14%, bringing the national average for full coverage car insurance to just over $2,000 per year. Despite this large increase, rates are expected to continue rising well into 2023. We're actually well into 2023. Even though on average, Americans are already paying almost 3% of their income on auto insurance alone. And that's 3% of their income. To car insurance? How much car insurance costs depends on a lot of different factors. Driving record credit score, the model of vehicle that you're insuring, the coverage required, where you live, uh, all these things. The state, now it's all state to state priced. The cheapest states for car insurance, Maine, Vermont, Idaho, New Hampshire. Most expensive, Tennessee's not on there, thank goodness. We're close, I'm sure we're close. Florida, New York, Louisiana, Nevada, Michigan. Those are the most expensive car insurance states. So what's going to happen with the auto insurance industry? And you think about, and I didn't really dive into the statistics, had a quick conversation with my independent agent last week. 
and um, it, there's a lot of factors going into the increase. You know, the the rumor was with the the numbers he was giving me, a lot of these major auto insurance companies are losing money, and one of the reasons that they're lose or have lost some money on their financial reports because whatever let's say you insured a car in 2019 early 2020 and you were a car insurance company and then covid hit and then the demand for used cars went through the roof the there was no used cars out there people were paying ridiculous amounts of money for these cars and then something happened there was an accident a full uh total of the vehicle and what they were anticipating on paying you know a car being worth less over time as it's insured in some in many cases cars were worth more than when they're initially insured and i think insurance companies are trying to play catch up so what can you do maybe not much but you still have to stop shopping that's any type of insurance i don't care if it's life insurance health insurance or it's auto insurance home insurance, renter's insurance. You need to shop with an independent agent. All an independent agent is is has, has the, the ability to shop around for multiple prices from multiple carriers. If you go to someone like a State Farm or a Farm Bureau, in many instances, all they're going to be able to price is what they have. And that price could be the best rate. It could not be the best rate. But you know, just in the whole probability of getting the best price for you and your situation... An agent that has 5, 6, 10, 15 different carriers to choose from is going to be the way that you're most likely to save money. But on the financial planning aspect of it, how much car insurance do you need? We haven't covered this topic in quite some time. It is a basic foundational building block of a holistic, comprehensive plan. Typically, the minimum amount of liability limits on your car insurance, you want 100000 300000 Per accident, aggregate, all that stuff. 100, 300 would be the term. If you have a little bit higher net worth, you have a little bit more value to your assets, quarter million, half a million, 250, 500 would be your limits. And you want at least the amount of your net worth in umbrella liability insurance. And to get that, typically, got to have quarter million, half a million dollar limits. And then you on top of that would add a one million plus of an umbrella liability coverage. And a lot of people, you know, they just quote the minimum. And depending on what type of vehicle you drive and what your assets are, think about it like this. You get in an accident and you, you got, let's say you got 25,000, 50,000 auto limits. And you get in an accident and you seriously injure someone or you kill someone. They're going to sue you for the maximum and it's going to be a hell of a lot more than the state minimum coverage, but I think it's 25,000, 50, 50,000. So if you have very little to no net worth, negative net worth, you need at least 100, 300. If you got some net worth, quarter million, half million with that $1 million umbrella, all priced out and shopped with an independent uh, licensed insurance agent. And same goes for life insurance. We're looking for the best rates on term insurance. There's a lot of the online world is trying to take over everything. And you can price and get underwritten for life insurance very, very quickly. I have done it. I have done this on several different uh, websites or apps, but having shopped my life insurance, in addition to shopping with the online providers, the online, I forgot the name of the company, it's, it's lost on me, Ethos, I think is what it is, Ethos is the quick underwriting life insurance carrier for term insurance, 
quick underwriting. The process is a breeze, but it's a little bit more expensive than what you could get on your own in many cases by shopping with an independent agent. Again, just one of the building blocks, foundational blocks of financial planning also comes with an emergency fund, making sure you have the proper amounts of life insurance, disability insurance, health insurance, Long-term care insurance is a little bit different in that aspect that not many carriers are still riding long-term care insurance because they cannot do it in a profitable way. That doesn't mean if you're in your early 50s, mid-50s, early 60s, mid-60s, you don't need to be looking for how to protect your assets from the risk of long-term care, long-term health care, nursing home, assisted living, that kind of thing. There are options other than traditional life insurance. Some are good options. Some are not. How do you make sure you choose the right one? That's what this show is all about. Conflict of interest-free financial planning. Make sure you got an independent fee-only CFP that you're working with. If you want to learn more about what I do, go to jasonqualscfp.com. All right, up next, we're going to be talking estate planning, asset protection planning with John Baker, estate planning attorney. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS. We're back right after this. Have you no idea that you're in deep? I trounce about you nearly every night this week. How many secrets can you keep? Because there's this tune I found that makes me think of you somehow when I play it on repeat until I fall asleep. Hey, financial coaching radio listeners. If you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonqualscfp.com or call 878 878- Two one three four today. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or bakercouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THNW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THNW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio, joined now by John Baker, estate planning attorney, bakercouncil.com. John, first up, let's talk about the statistics of elder abuse. This is kind of shocking. Uh, 
going back a few years. Center for Disease Control and Prevention estimate more than 500,000 older Americans suffer from financial elder abuse annually. And that's one of the reasons you, you practice in this area, right? You're trying to protect seniors, protect through the elder law planning, asset protection. Are those stats, are they still, are they rising? Have they leveled off? Uh, where does it, where do you see it going in your practice since this is your special? Yeah, I, just, I just think it's a continuing problem, particularly as, uh, you know, with the internet and, and, and the various scams that are used and, and the, the, the phone scams, you know, I, you know, there are certainly efforts to crack down on that and to deal with it through law enforcement. But I just think it's going to be a, you know, just a, a persistent issue for years to come. The number is apt to continue to increase as those 65 or older will make up 20% of the population by year 2050. How does one protect their mother, father, sister, brother, cousin, aunt, uncle from elder abuse through estate planning? Yeah, so, you know, there may be a variety of, 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 of tools, but, um, you know, one thing that the you know, parent could do if we're talking about protecting, you know, a, a accounts, would be to uh, you know maybe put a you know a trusted child as a trustee or co-trustee of their account and um, and so what can happen is if, if someone preys upon the elderly parent you know maybe that maybe that parent is is trained to 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 respond that you know you need to talk to my son who's my trustee you know that's just one example but and that would probably send the scammers running yeah so so anytime you mention trust that's probably going to they're looking they're looking for the easiest prey also and the most vulnerable people so people that tend to be isolated so uh you know uh, uh you know elderly who who have interaction with family and, and and other social outlets are probably less likely to be victims than someone who's sitting alone every day at home and, and becomes more vulnerable to phone scams or internet scams and, and, and you know get a crazy email saying they've yes. won the, some sweepstakes or something yes and, and i mean i you know every you know every year i you know i have a you know a couple of these cases come through where the family says you know mom or dad you know got swindled out of a lot of money or got you know their account was taken and you know sometimes law enforcement you know would tell them you know we're very sorry but this is an international scam and that, that we probably will not be able to ever, you know, retrieve your money. So is there a bank account just like give access to the account and they kind of drain the bank account? Does the bank yes. have any responsibility there? Or? Uh, you know, the, uh, you know for, the, for the most part, you know, that the bank's really not going to be involved in, in most of those cases. The, the elderly person is uh, uh, doing that. Now, there can be, you know, perhaps, you know, the, you know, I think anytime that happens, you probably need to work with the bank. You know, maybe there is some uh, avenue to get that, uh, uh, you know, maybe the bank would, would agree to refund it if, if they saw some issue on their side. But uh, with lack of their security, yeah, like but, if you just hand over your access to you your know, account, there's not much they're going to do. Yeah, I think that's going to be the be the harder case. Or you send money that. to someone that that's you should right. have if sent. You it voluntarily to. send the money somewhere, even though you were duped. Uh, you know, the the bank you know may not have liability in that situation. So, and it also is not just to do with scammers. It could be you know relationships. You know, people get yeah, involved well, in relationships late in life. And uh, they trust someone a little too much, and they end up giving away too much of their assets yes. to a fraudulent relationship. Yeah, so, so certainly um, it can be prudent for, you know, an elderly individuals who, who, who enter into a relationship or, or are going to get married later in life 
to 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 really structure and set up their assets in in advance of, of that marriage if they're getting married to make sure that you know there's a clear understanding as to how these assets are going to be titled and and, and how they're going to be used and and, and distributed at, at death so uh, you know a lot of different uh, uh, issues to take you know to take into account there but certainly being proactive and planning it are helpful because yet I have seen cases where someone enters a relation and for whatever reason they, they decided not to plan did not do any prenuptial agreements and and it really just uh explode and, and become a big big problem so it's uh, so it gets remarried they add you know every make everything joint you know they're in their 70s and then you know, the person walks away with everything that they have is there any repercussions there do you have a joint account with someone yes well it, it, it can be it can be very, very difficult, and I would say particularly if, if, if it's a married couple, you know, to to claim that the you know the married couple didn't have a right to that joint account might be harder than if it was you know a a son-in-law or maybe even your own you know a child or something like that. But but it's uh, they, those are very complicated cases, and oftentimes it's just not going to be feasible to to. To, to pursue those in court because and an so awkward expensive. conversation right you know son daughters hey yes. mom you got to get your assets protected yes. because you're getting married in your 70s or 80s and yes. they're like i know more than you do or i don't i trust whoever yes. of course this new spouse may not be frowned upon that too that's right i mean you get a lot of psychological dynamics going there and it, it it's but, but in I, a perfect world what is is having all the assets in, in some level of a what trust irrevocable trust would it be revocable what what gives the the uh, your mom your parent uh, protection from a a marriage late in life yeah so i think you could utilize trust maybe there's an irrevocable trust maybe you know maybe revocable trust uh the uh you know the titling and structure of the assets might might help uh you know certainly prenuptial agreements uh you know a lot of times people don't want to do those prenuptial agreements because the husband and wife they've each got a have their own attorneys you've got to do full disclosures of assets and so uh they don't want to go through seems like a lot of headache right yeah and, and, and on uh, top of getting married that's right but <laughs> but you know if you if, if you know the, the the larger the estate you have probably the more important that that would be but i do find that a lot of people that you know do not want to do that and uh you can you know you can set up your estate plan so when you die it has a marital trust. Your assets go into a marital trust. That trust can can be there for the spouse. And then when she dies or he dies, those assets can go out to the beneficiaries that you've named at death. So you know, so so you know that could be you know an effective tool, uh, you know, to deal with those issues. But there's really no one simple solution, and you know it's really going to vary from case to case and what 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 everyone in that family or or, or that couple are comfortable doing. But it's worth that conversation oh, for you know protection from scammers, protection from a lot of yeah. different areas. Because you know the financial numbers of how much uh, elder abuse is costing is is in the billions. Well, and the, you know the other thing too, it, it particularly I think if, if they're isolated uh, elderly person, uh, they're embarrassed when it happens and don't want to disclose it or report it. So the numbers you see, I think most experts will say that the real numbers are even higher than that. Just joining in, we're talking. Elder Abuse Estate Planning Law with John Baker, estate planning attorney, BakerCouncil.com, BakerCouncil.com. So th there are some safeguards people can take if they're willing to take the steps. Just with anything else, you, you got to do your research. you got to yeah. have the right expertise. you got to have the right advice. And, and it's think, all got to be done proactive, not react. Yeah, and I think, Jason, you, you may know a lot, some about this. The uh, 
I've, I've had clients come in where, where the financial companies allow you to designate not necessarily a power of attorney or an agent over your account, but just a trusted person. Yeah, a trusted contact is something yes. that's came in. You know, it's probably five years. It's it's on every account application there is. You can name a trusted contact, and they get backed up. Uh, I guess communications on everything to do with the account. Yeah, so so if they do see something suspicious, you know, the bank has authority then to contact that that trusted person and and say, hey, is this real or is this something? you know questionable going on here and i will say the financial companies as far as it relates to investment accounts and they have different levels of of security they make sure you know that they cover before money leaves the account but forgery and fraud not ever going to be able to stop that someone forges your name on a form and gets it sent to wherever you can't really prevent that but as far as hacking into your account that's a little bit more difficult today than it used to be but yes name that trusted contact on your all of your accounts i guess we get a probably beyond the age of what, 55 or 60 make sure you have them yeah i think it's a good idea too well, this is financial coaching radio stick around through this next break we'll be back talking all money and estate planning right here on financial coaching radio back right after this a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134. Or go to my website, jasonqualscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Spark with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio, the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell, no live event tickets. I'll leave that to the other show. I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. JasonQualsCFP.com for all about me. Still in studios, John Baker, estate planning attorney. A more obscure topic that we touch on from time to time on, on, on discussing other topics regarding estate planning is disclaiming or refusing an inheritance. Now I'm thinking, why would I ever want to not take an inheritance? But there are actually some purposes of why you would do this, right, John? Oh, absolutely. Uh, particularly in, in 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 the tax arena, if if someone decides it's more prudent uh, not to uh, claim ownership of those assets to pass it on, perhaps to uh, you know to a to a uh, you know the children or, or some other beneficiary. And a lot of times that disclaimer option is built into the planning so that let's say if it's a husband and wife when that let's say the husband passes 
then the wife can decide at his death, should I keep the assets or should I disclaim them and pass them on down to the children? And again, a lot of times that, that's for uh, you know some sort of tax planning purpose. And uh, But yes, now there are very uh, uh, strict rules in how to implement a disclaimer. And so you have to be very careful there. And there's another example coming from estateplanning.com. As a corrective measure, it gives a pretty good example. Uh, mom, dad had two children, and they gifted a home worth $1 million to the oldest. And then the parents died together, leaving $2 million to be split between the two surviving children. Since one child already received a million dollars ahead of the death, and then a, they split $2 million, one child got $2 million, one, the other one got $1 million. So you could refuse, I guess, part of a settlement to even things out, right? That would be totally fine. Um, yeah, and you would just have to be careful as to who who gets it if you disclaim it. You always and have to and what dictates that? So it'll 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 be by law or the document, preferably the document. You know, the trust or the will 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 state. That. What happens if the surviving yes. the beneficiaries did not survive? And typically, I've right. seen it where it just goes to their children. So if That's you disclaim right. yeah. it. Uh, so mom That's dad right. leaves everything to to their children split equally but one wants to disclaim it that may go down not to the surviving or the the other beneficiary that would be typically a sibling in that case it'd go to the grandchildren right right and so that's where you, you do have to be careful and, and hopefully you know the, the 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 question of a disclaimer you know it was contemplated uh, you know when the initial planning was done so that it could be written into the documents so how does that when you're discussing that uh, What's the conversation? Hey, if, if you disclaim or you don't want or you're no longer around to inherit these assets, where do you want them to go next? And do people put thought in that, well, I don't want to go to my child. I want to go to my surviving brother or sister? Yeah, so, so, you know, that could very well be the case. Uh, or, or it could be, you know, we're, we're, you know, discussing the options, you know, you know with, let's say, you know, uh, husband dies, wife is the beneficiary. Okay, what happens to it if you uh, disclaim it? Where does it go? And hopefully, again, that was built into the planning on the front end so we would know. Commonly, what will happen is is the spouse will inherit it, uh, but the spouse can disclaim. And if it disclaims, then it goes into what you might call a, a family trust or a bypass trust uh, that will be there. Uh, for the children or, or a, even, even the spouse as a beneficiary as well. And again, a lot of times that's a tax planning tool. And, and if you're doing that sort of planning, you're going to have some conversation with, with the client about it. It is a real technical subject, so you don't want to get, you know, overly technical and, you know, where it gets real confusing. But, but do try to present it in terms so that the, you know, the client will understand, you know, what, what, what it's supposed to do. And the world of estate planning has changed because the, the federal estate tax or inheritance tax limits are so high. You know, it's rare that I'll ever see right. any type of financial planning article related to inheritance taxes anymore. It's a moot point for, you know, less than probably 10% 10% of 1% of America. Yeah. It's going to be a, a, a very small fraction. So 12 million per like 24 yeah. million for yeah. a married couple, something like that. Yeah, so the uh, of course that you know it, that's 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 that, that's going to uh, sunset, I believe, the end of twenty twenty five, and revert back to what it was before that law changed. But that's still going to be a very large number, and uh, and so it's still going to eliminate most families, even people worth several million dollars, from estate tax. And in Tennessee, of course, we eliminated our state tax 
about 10 years ago. So there is no longer a state inheritance tax in Tennessee. And we're just looking at the federal, which has these very high exemptions. Just means you wouldn't have to pay it until yeah. you got over those numbers, That's which right. are so, several. So, yeah. And, of course, that shifts a lot of the focus over to other forms of taxation, like capital gains tax planning. and uh, The gift tax still is a very big myth in estate planning, right, John? People think they can only – they can't give away money. If they give away too much, then there's going to be some type of gift tax. But in normal – world reality that doesn't apply to majority there's a lot of confusion about about the gift tax and people let's say if the gift tax exemption is seventeen thousand dollars per year per donee that means i can give away seventeen thousand dollars to that person and 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 it is exempt from uh, gift tax and i do not have to file a gift tax return that's the key you don't have to do anything special on your tax return Um, now if you do make a a completed gift you know above that amount to it to a a, a, an individual or donee then um you know then you may be may have to file that return but it's that still doesn't mean you're going to owe a tax because the gift tax is tied to the estate tax and it has those high exemptions and again, if, if so, until you, you gave know, someone uh, over ten, eleven, twelve million dollars, no, yes, or just gave getting, away total, that that's, that's right. So, what I would tell clients a lot of times is that, uh, you know, while while you won't pay a gift tax, you you might still have an obligation to file that return. It's an it's more of an informational return, but you're not ultimately going to have to pay a, 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 an estate or, or gift tax because your estate's not large enough. Yeah. So if you're you know you have a ten million dollar estate or less probably not paying gift tax either right no, right in most it's cases right. they know how pat the previous gifts yeah worked. And, and, and the thing we have to keep in mind with tax law too is that it changes you know I've, I've come to learn that a permanent tax law lasts about five <laughs> years maybe ten if you're lucky so it's just always you know there's always some <laughs> they call it permanent changing. right it's yeah a, <laughs> but right uh up. you know so you, you know do have to keep that in mind but but the but the uh but these exemptions are very high uh, I would be surprised if they dropped back down to numbers we had, you know, 20 years ago when, you know, exemptions were $1 million or less even. And, and, and you got to remember, that includes life insurance. Uh, so a long time ago, you could have had people that weren't wealthy, but maybe they had a lot of, you know, life insurance and they died, leaving, you know, $2 million of life insurance, and they find out that most of that's going to be subject to an estate tax. Well, those days are, are, are gone now because of these high exemption amounts. John Baker, BakerCouncil.com. For all about John and his practice, BakerCouncil.com. John, what's that local phone number for someone to reach you off yeah, of the I'm at uh, 615-896-5621. Our good estate plan discussion there. This is Financial Coaching Radio. John, I appreciate your time and expertise. We'll be back right after this. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS. How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free and biased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, Jason Qualls, CFP. 
Tax-Preparedness.com. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tuthero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tuthero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Financial Coaching Radio is back in with you every weekday, 4 o'clock, right here on WGNS. Also online anytime at financialcoachingradio.com. Click archives. You'll get a long list of all the past shows. If you're looking to learn more about how you can improve your comprehensive financial plan, I've been saying it for over a decade. Who you hire and trust as your financial planner, financial advisor, does matter how you compensate them, does matter. What you need to be looking for is someone who's independent, doesn't work for a bank, doesn't work for a big financial institution, someone who is fee-only, not fee-based, and has the top credential of CFP. If they meet those three things, the quality of the advice you are likely to receive and the probability that you will receive it goes way up. Learn more at jasonqualscfp.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. I'll be back at you tomorrow, same time, same bat channel, or same bat time, same bat channel, rather. But there is always local talk right here on WGNS, and we want you to keep it locked in right here on this station, because we're not going anywhere. We are Rutherford County's number one place for talk. See you next time. This is Jason Qualls, and this is Financial Coaching Radio.